0: Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. I see. I see. pound. pound.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in learning. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy, and we're doing it. It's January. If you're new here, this is the time of year. We like to start off the year. Happy 2024. Uh, talking about feminism, because... Hopefully it'll set you, you know, on the path for the year, like the right direction to go, which is far away, far away from feminism towards life, towards yes, towards happiness and happiness. (laughs) And uh, this is what we like to do. So, uh, but before we get into that, I want to tell you that a really funny thing happened over Thanksgiving that I did not solve until today.
0: Okay. So
1: here's the joke. Here's the thing that happens is that every time my mom comes to my house, she comes with bags of stuff, like bags of stuff. Mm -hmm. I always have bags like that were my mom's bags that got left behind, right? Like currently sitting on top of my printer is this weird glass dish she's had since 1978, why did she bring it over? Why is it here? Why did she put it on top of my printer? These are burning questions that I have zero answers to. There's nothing inside of it. Why is it here? No clue. Um, She also, on Thanksgiving, left this rectangular, probably about six inches wide, eight inches tall, uh, weird. I don't want to call it a cloth actually totally unfamiliar with whatever this is made out of and on it was a was four cartoon cats which is very in line with my mom um and part of me thought because of the like consistency of it that it was maybe like supposed to be a thin potholder almost like it's thick but not thin not as thick as a potholder but like maybe it's a i don't know okay and um it's kind of you know, you you couldn't really. Oh, is a, it? Is but... it one of those
0: cloths? Okay, is it one of those dishwashing things? So, it's things like are... it's like a mixture between like it's a little clothy, but it's like a very thin sponge. But if you don't know that it's meant to be a sponge, you would probably not say sponge. Like sponge is probably not what would come to not, mind. Not the word you'd use. Very because it's no. thin it's thin. right yes
1: so my mom i asked her i was like hey you know you left this here like i'll set it aside and she goes oh no no that's for you and i'm like why what is
0: so when you say just... four cats you mean like four like cartoon. a picture of four oh cartoon that's right you Cartoon that. cats
1: okay. wearing santa hats or in various like christmas gear okay okay so all I said was, thank you so much. I, at the moment, did not have time to ask questions. Like, why did you give this to me? What is it? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> she was so excited to say, that's a gift for you. And then she sent me a picture of her matching one. And I was just like, thank you. W- wonderful. I'll use it as a pop what, are you, what are you
0: going to do with yours? Yeah. yeah. Sh- can you send me a picture of you using yours? <laughs> <laughs> It's not that
1: I wouldn't ask her what it is, but like the time that I had to respond was just enough time to be like, okay, thanks so much. Like I will deal with this mystery later. Right. Well, it was the holidays. Did I deal with the mystery later? No, I didn't deal with the mystery later. Like not at all. Okay. So this mystery cat, square thing has just been like floating around my kitchen for weeks I'm like I don't know it's great okay thanks mom I'm just gonna put it places and then and then when I'm done putting it in that place I'll put it in another place like that was really my
0: plan until I figure out its best use
1: so then I get on the social medias today Mm -hmm. and in the span of five minutes two different major accounts um are like hey have you guys gotten into the swedish dishcloth yeah. trend yet and it's videos and they're selling them at costco they're selling them at target all these cute prints apparently my mom is like on the cutting edge of The kitchen trends, and I had no idea, but the Swedish dishcloth is like the thing that people are apparently excited about right now. I think
0: it's made, I think it's made a resurgence because my mom has given me those too. So I think maybe it used to be
1: more of a thing, more popular. Well, you can get them at Um, Costco now.
0: Yeah. Well, and isn't it so funny that your phone, like the algorithm knew you were having an internal problem.
1: My phone saw me moving this thing around my kitchen yeah. with cats and it was on like, it. And she, was like,
0: she hasn't put it in the she hasn't put it in the get, sink yet. Put it in the sink. Get it wet. Show her, videos. Show her videos of people using them. Ads, preferably.
1: Well, now I know where to buy them for sure. So. <laughs> so anyway, if somebody gifts you a weird rectangle and you don't know what to do with it, try getting it wet. <laughs> um it works great (laughs) as a rag and um (laughs) don't put it in the dryer is what i learned washable Mm, but mm -hmm. don't put it in the dryer so yeah anyway uh 2024 for me is the year of the stainless steel pans and the swedish dishcloths i guess there you go so we're just really (laughs) getting fancy (laughs) around here um you guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And as always, you are just so cordially invited to come read with us. We we are live at Book Club at patreon.com/slash theologians every Wednesday afternoon at 1:30 my time, which I don't know what that is for the rest of you. Um it's, you know, just you gonna have to Google it, is what, what I've come to learn. in Arizona which means it's four different times for everybody else Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and if you
1: can't join live you can just watch the playback later and we are currently reading That Hideous Strength, my new favorite book I think I can just say that, it's so fantastic it's so great, this is your year to read the space trilogy, we can help you do it and um, yeah I just became
0: like hyper aware of You know how last week we got fireworks randomly? Yeah. I'm like, what are we... Can we say it again? Are we going to trigger the fireworks again? Is it going to be you this time?
1: (laughs) Exciting. Epiphany. New Year? New New Year. Year. Happy New Year. (laughs) Just, like, yell exciting things and see. I don't... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> why did that happen? What a mystery! I don't know. I, don't I could know. probably look it up. Well, we'll probably something will probably come up in the algorithm, yeah. and we'll be like, "Have well, you like, ever seen like, fireworks in your Zoom call?"
1: <laughs> we have. <laughs> Here's why. <laughs> yep.
0: um,
1: so this is our this is um this is the thing. If you're new here, oh my goodness, yes. how many have we done? We did our first series, then we did our second series, then we did.
0: Was it the character studies after that?
1: I feel like we're missing one. Are we missing one character studies?
0: Yeah, character is this studies. our fourth
1: feminism series?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Unless oh. we're forgetting one, which
1: it sounds like something we
0: would do. I mean,
1: very in line. you can, line. Let, you
0: know. you can <laughs> let us know if that happened. If something if else happened s- and we're forgetting.
1: If you've been studying our character, it is in our character for us to have right. completely forgotten. An entire yep. series.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the character studies was like that was like eight weeks. So I think more than eight weeks potentially. So that one kind of counts as two. Historically it's been like for the first two it was a wave per week.
1: Yeah we did. And that for a long time. so that was a long... the character
0: studies were that was like You know, that kind of counted for two years.
1: (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Okay, this is our 17th series, as we (laughs) decided, um, because we make up the rules. Um, And we are going to be taking the next four weeks to look at ways that feminism has essentially impacted major, major um, institutions and the ways that... Um, you cannot look at these institutions without, well, you can't look at these institutions well, or understand what's going on in them well, uh, without understanding the ways that they've been massively impacted by feminism. And what's fun for me thinking through these is just, um, Getting to really kind of reevaluate my own presuppositions about how each of these institutions should function and what their role should be. Mm, there's uh-huh. there's definitely a piece for me here today. We're going to talk about um, education and how uh, feminism has impacted all of big ed, and um, I guess just even taking a step back and thinking through like why the government <laughs> so many people my age have never and i think even my parents age and maybe even older than that our entire lives the government has been in charge of education and so it's just been in the water that that's the government's job how many have really questioned like is it the government's job to educate
0: children well and for a very long time, a lot of what we're about, what we're going to talk about today is not new. It's not newly in the water. This is not like, oh, our parents accepted that the government's job was to take care of education, but they would have been against all this stuff. No. <laughs> no. This has been around for a long time. <laughs> oh, a lot of this stuff comes, uh, well, a lot of this stuff is very interestingly aligned with, like, some some of these things that you'll hear us talk about that don't seem like they're feminism or aren't labeled as feminism are aligned uh, yeah, on I a imagine. timeline very closely with feminism. Yeah. And then, of course, you'll see all the parallel of feminist thought. But anyway, yes. I digress. Yeah,
1: no, and I would say, too, just something to keep in mind is that I think so many, if we're we're a part of a very niche... I think circle of, of Christians where so many of us, um, we are, our, our kids don't go to government schools.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, you know, most of us are homeschooling or our kids are in private schooling, or we're even a part of, you know, co-ops and all these other things. And, uh, I think it's important if you are kind of like us in that, that you are, maybe your community is like totally secluded. um, from what's going on in government education, um, I think just being aware that this is what's going on for most people in the nation is is important and hopefully helpful, and will hopefully even help double you down even more on pursuing alternative education um, yeah. or well, or and finding just to ways to keep
0: in to keep in sorry to keep in mind that like the humanities tend to be infected. With a lot of this stuff. So we, I, I'm just going to say that just because you aren't a part of a government school does not mean that you, there isn't some influence that could range from slightly to intense. There is influence, like pretty much, this has touched all the humanities. So anytime you're in those realms you're probably touching this Mm -hmm. in some way. Anyway, I interrupted you. (laughs) No, go
1: ahead. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead. Um,
0: Okay, so I'm going to take you guys through my train of thought. And I have done this, I've talked about this before on Shea Legends. So some of you, some of you may have questions about this, and some of you may just track with very little. (laughs) You may just track with it. I did have this thought earlier today that if at the end of Mm -hmm. these four weeks, if there was a bunch of questions that everybody had, we could do like a wrap-up episode where we just kind of address some things or if people are looking for sources on particular things or whatever. Yeah. We may have sources. So we have sources for a lot of things. We're also not a – I don't know how to say this. This is not like a a college course or something. Yeah. So so some of this we're just going to be introducing you to some ideas. Yeah. Right. And some of this may be, um, you especially when you're talking about any types of like philosophies, you're talking about things that have been reiterated by multiple different philosophers. So we can, we'll probably you'll hear me like shout out a few names. Um, that doesn't mean I can give you an entire history on the person. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. But anyway, okay. so I kind of want to like, and maybe this, so I did, I, this, this line of thinking that I'm about to describe for you applies directly to education, but specifically instruction, wisdom and wisdom and just our culture's view on instruction and wisdom. So this applies directly to education, um, but it may, maybe it'll help set up yeah, a little bit just for the other episodes as well. Yeah. Okay. So hopefully this is clear. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> okay. So to start, I'm so sorry. This has been such a hard episode for me. I think we do this. I think we psych ourselves up a little bit when we're going to do a Feminism is Poison series. We're like, okay, let's get serious. Let's add value that we haven't... Let's talk about things we haven't discussed before. And and also, we have learned so much... That our first Feminism is Poison, we did when the show was how many months? Months. old? Months, months. yes. Yeah. And so we have... we. Some of the, the about, yeah, some of the things we're going to talk about yeah, some of the things we're going to talk about today didn't even exist. In, yeah. yeah, like didn't exist or they happened around the time. Like before anyone even knew that anything nefarious was happening. Yeah. And it's nefarious. Okay. Yes, it so, is. Yeah, it is. This isn't a storytelling episode, but it is a story of, there's a plot. <laughs> there's a plot involved. Um, okay, but so Welcome to my brain. <laughs> just gonna do it. I'm just gonna launch in. Just tell us. Just take us. Okay. This is just my musings while I'm thinking about our culture and what it comes when it comes to uh, instructing our kids. Okay. Um so human beings are unavoidably valuable um with identity. We have mm-hmm. desires. We are unique um, mm-hmm. and physically complex and emotionally complex, and we're made in the image of God. Um, so, in our culture, they don't acknowledge that last thing. Um, right. But so, the very best, most valuable thing we can do is is image God, right? Mm-hmm. So the world's sort of translation of that is to figure out who we are and what our purpose is mm-hmm. and whether you hate God or love him and call him your Lord, you do these things. And <laughs> yeah. like before you got saved, that's what you spent your time doing. Um, and so no matter what you do, these things, these are the thing, this is I like, I don't know the, all the complexities of God, but I do know that um we are philosophical in nature we want to know why things are the way they are we want to understand our own thoughts and the reason why we're here we all know these things about us specifically Mm -hmm. and we've not observed other species on the planet doing them we understand these things um so devoid of a proper standard defining humanity one of the only ways uh like i said one of at first i was like the only way and then i was like well it's one of the only ways we'll get to the other way in a later episode um but one of the only ways that we can figure out who we are and what our purpose is is through impulses Mm -hmm. um and so that's how our culture that's how the world Um, observes and quantifies human behavior and measures human behavior and determines what is a human and what is the purpose of a human being here. Um, So what do we do or not do naturally and restated, what do we like to do? What do we not like to do? Uh, Which seems simple enough. And I actually agree that those observations can tell you a lot about a person's a, Identity and purpose. Yeah. Um, but so we believe as a culture that your identity and purpose is exclusively found by means of self-discovery. Because if human, if the definition of what a human is, is found in behavior, that means you have to do human things in order to figure out who you are and what your purpose is. Um, so we can thank Rousseau and a few other people for this, but we're going to really focus on Rousseau because if anyone deserves to get to be punished for this it's (laughs) him Uh and then many came after him and one of them was Karl Marx we'll get there (laughs) Um, we will get there you just wait Um. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so uh, from a young age and it's getting younger and younger unfortunately uh, we're encouraged to discover what we like and by extension, who we are. Right. And the way that we do this is through exposure and experimentation. Yeah. So the idea is, given enough exposure and experimentation, a well-adjusted, socially conscious, intelligent person will emerge. Right. Right. Um, so the problem is, we're allowing to uh, our children to discover who they are when we should be instructing them. Um, and then government school is, uh, more than likely not neglecting at all to instruct them <laughs> in who they are. <laughs> nope. Um, so that, I mean, that's what education is, right? It's instruction. It's here is this thing you need to know. Here's uh, what it who means. Determines, right. And who determines what, what is important for the children to know, um, the government that's who. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, oh, an, education is, <laughs> an education is instructions of knowledge. What knowledge is, what's important, how to know it, all that kind of thing. So basically we throw our children at this big vat of life, offer them information about human observation and behavior by sending them to school um, and then probably like social norms as well. Um, And then you give them a little bit of advice and there you go. You have human adult, except for um, there's one other thing, which is the coming of age event in in our culture, which is college. Um, And basically that's where you do everything you've been doing your whole life, but without your parents, (laughs) Um, without the accountability and protection of uh, the authorities that you once had. Uh so you're fully free for the first time um thank you classic libertarianism uh <laughs> um, but um you you see you uh, as much as you may have tried not to shape your children or as much of you've as you've tried to allow them to be neutral and hands off and um and let them form their own ideas and use their own reasoning to determine the world around them. Um, you, you just can't help it. They've been under your authority. Mm -hmm. Um, they've not, uh, they've not been free. You've shaped your children with your perspectives and your desires, your principles. And then, um, your children, your children are under your advisement, your judgment, your authority, four-letter word, not a four-letter word, but in our culture it is, <laughs> um, Correct. And when they live with you. So they're not really free. And before anyone can come become an adult, they need to be free to do those things, uh, free from the beliefs, superstitions, and the desires of their parentals, aka the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and your kids need to be exposed and experiment without fear of accountability or judgment. Um, after all, the most human expression is doing what you like or not doing what you don't like without telling any, without anyone telling you that you cannot do it. Right? Um, that would be like someone telling you you aren't a human. Mm-hmm. So, this is feminism realized this is our cultural approach to wisdom and instruction, mm-hmm. which the fool hates. <laughs> um, and uh, so I just, I felt like I couldn't get around. There's so much good information in this episode. That's really going to be a little bit easier to put your finger on in terms we'll have, and, um it's not, it'll be much more clear than just my, ramblings so we can go we can get into that part but i just felt like it was important for us to understand where we're at which is that we have created so so the university is a feminist infection point because we have created the soil for it to be yeah we have um we like i said college is the coming of age and even now Even, you know, it's gotten worse. You don't even have to attend college. But basically, the idea is you turn 18, you graduate high school, and then you go find out who you really are by drinking and drugs, having promiscuous sex, uh, experimenting sexually, traveling and doing drugs and alcohol and experimenting sexually. (laughs) Um, Yeah in Fiji or wherever yeah. <laughs> wherever your make parents can you afford to send you more fully orbed person um, and so this is where we're at I but I just I really want you guys to know that everything that we're about to talk about can only be predated by a horrible uh, void epistemology that that knows nothing yeah We don't, we have sent, um, it's an infection point because we have sent our kids uninstructed. Mm -hmm. We have been told it, it, they will do it themselves. If you give them the nourishment and the time to produce their own humanity, they will do it. Yeah. And that is infected so much. Yes. But that is not how it works that's not no that's not that's not biblical now we're told to instruct our children and we're told that the fool despises wisdom and instruction and immature instruction like i don't like i'm okay with my surgeon teaching himself a thing or two after he has been fully instructed how to do a surgery <laughs> you know you don't it doesn't count if you it doesn't count as instruction and realization if the person going out there is not uh, equipped and prepared. And we are meant to be under the authority of our parents. We're meant to be under their advisement. And we should love, well, first of all, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Um, but we should love. Education not neutral. No,
1: not. No. It's not neutral at all. And I do think no. uh, kind of what you're touching on. Nancy Piercy makes this excellent case in total truth um about how when we turn away from god ultimately what happens is the state becomes god because there has to be god there right. has to be a god in a system and so when you turn away from the one true god um the state is more than happy to step in and and there so there will be an ultimate authority in your life and in your children's life and there will be an education And if we will not be educated through a proper authority, um, and I would say primarily through the family, then the state is going to step in and do it. And they will have ultimate authority then to teach children what is good and right. And so I think a lot of people used to believe, and I don't think you can make this case anymore, that ultimately when parents were sending their children to the government to be educated, it was still there was this idea that. the the state is going to be neutral because parents have authority over their children. So education is going to be neutral, but that's based on such a lie. It's not possible for education to be neutral. Um, That essentially you're either going to have God as your ultimate authority, as your ultimate educator, um, or you're going to have the world, the flesh, the devil. And what Mm -hmm. we have now is the world, the flesh, the devil. There's no way that you can look at government education and say it's neutral. And it doesn't even claim to be neutral anymore. I think we, I think, I think maybe when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I think it still claimed to be neutral. If you really start to read what they're saying now, they don't even bother to claim to Mm. be neutral.
0: Um, Well, and I think they even used to, they used to like do this little fake handholding with parents where it made, it made, parents feel like, well, and at some point I do know that the parents were more of an authority in the school. And so the parents were like, this is my arm of education. The school works for me and my family because I pay the tax dollars to fund it all. But that's not, that's not how it works. And they're not even, they're not even secretive about that now. Now, like, so I didn't even totally get into it in my, my ramblings. But now it is it's gone much further, which is that you should not teach your kids anything, any kind of imposition of your beliefs, your ideas, how things should be, is an affront to the identity of your child. Mm -hmm. Right. So we know this. We, We go, oh, yeah. Well, is this about like the trans kid thing? This is about everything. Yeah, well,
1: it's trans is a worldview, but y'all aren't ready right. for that discussion yet.
0: <laughs> this
1: Can, is about we talk about this is... Can we talk about SEL? Can we talk about Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. We got to talk about SEL. We
1: got to talk about SEL. Um, I think uh, as of 2018, SEL was um, a program that was in over 53% of uh, schools. And you guys probably didn't even know back in 2018 what SEL is.
0: Um, Well, yeah, because by the time we, by the time anyone, so first there was intersectionality and then, which led to CRT and everyone was like, CRT is not real. Nobody's doing that. And then they were like, okay, it is real and we're doing it, but we're going to stop talking about that. And we're going to do DEI, which we'll get to. And then it was like, well, (laughs) and then it was like, uh, well, and then there's another acronym too, that we'll get into. Yes. (laughs) <laughs>
1: totally so SEL it's, no- is, it's
0: so many acronyms in this episode <laughs> i apologize
1: <laughs> they're all working together they're all the same thing too by the way they're all marxism yes Um. Yes. so sel is social emotional learning and um i have taken the time to look at the 600 something page handbook of social and emotional learning research and practice which is like which is their bible um and if you read or start looking through it. It's not going to look scary. It's very well done. It has like nice cartoons and drawings and you're going to you're going to, you know, you're going to read the material and and if you are not familiar with the buzzwords um that alert you to things like this is just marxism, you're going to miss it. But, you know, you're going to read things like um, you know, we want kids to be mindful and empathetic. And we want them to have skills and we want them to be competent. And this is where you need to start asking yourself like, okay, mindful of what? Empathetic towards what? Competent in what? What kind of skills? And if you read between the lines, you're going to read and you're going to come across words like privileges and inclusivity and reproductive rights and institutional mechanisms of equity and large-scale social inequities. And you're going to start reading things that are actually direct quotes, if you've read the very boring source material, um, from Klaus Schwab, who is the head of the WEF. Um, He's the guy in charge of the Great Reset. Um, You're going to learn that um, their job, their stated job, is to teach kids the right perspective. And then this is where you should go Well, what is the right perspective and who are you to train me in what the right perspective is? And there's all these kind of like heartstring pulls and all of these things. But this handbook calls SEL the essential mode of education. And not only is it the essential mode of education for children, but this essential mode of education also needs to go beyond the student outside of the school into the community. The parents need to be centered around it. The community needs to be centered around the teachings in the SEL. And essentially the school becomes the community's like church in this way, like here's or corporations one. yes it's schools and one. corporations yes here's the one perspective that's correct here's the perspective of how you should think if you read it it's actually called the correct perspective and by that i mean the correct um religion so right. <clears throat> the uh two names that are i would i would want you guys to know uh in connection to sel uh, the first name is going to be Linda Darling Hammond. She is. <laughs> she wrote the foreword to the SEL uh, handbook, the very boring six hundred page thing I was just talking about. She wrote the foreword for it. She is its like chief crusader. She is also. Are you ready? President of the California State Board of Education. If that tells you any, it should tell you everything. Um, she was named the most influential educa- ed- educator in America in two thousand six. She was tapped by the Obama admin um, to be a part of their like education, whatever. Like, uh, Bill Ayers recommended her to Obama. If you don't know who Bill Ayers is, he's a leftist, radical terrorist. Um, Obama ended up choosing the guy who became the czar of Common Core. So then um, Biden tapped her. He was a part of her like education team. Um, And the stated goal of SEL is to transform society and again if you've read marxists you're just reading them again so what you need to know about the authors of these materials and the people behind this who are very 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 they are throwing every dime they have into making sel public policy um they say that they're all marxists they say that education must be a humanistic endeavor um humanization is the process of becoming more and here's all the buzzwords that you need to know. Humanization, which is what this is supposed to do to all of us, um is the process of becoming more social, historical, thinking, communicating, transformative, creative. You can pull all of these straight from the handbooks. These um these those words actually if you want to if you're interested in reading like okay well how are, how is being creative marxist well what it means <laughs> um all comes from this guy named paulo Freire, uh who is a brazilian yeah. he was a brazilian yeah, educator um, and marxist what's philosopher name?
0: what's the girl that you just mentioned darling uh, Hammond. darling darling hand um yeah i'm pretty sure she wrote a book that someone it was like so similar to one of uh paulo Freire's uh books that it was like near plagiarism
1: <laughs> yes no everything i just read to you was like pull quotes from Freire, who was an openly yeah. marxist philosopher who died in 1997 oh, yes. yes and he was the leading advocate of critical pedagogy yep.
0: mm-hmm. he, he wrote, wrote pedagogy of the R- oppressed he
1: wrote the pedagogy yep. of the oppressed um which is <laughs> is a foundational text and it's one of the most cited books in the social sciences. So what you need to know about SEL is that it it is literally and openly Marxist brainwashing. And one of the really interesting things about it is that written into the policies of SEL is data mining. So they are very interested that teachers are reporting Children's SEL scores almost like a social credit score. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. I think it's been mandated in California. I'm not sure. I wasn't able to find, and maybe someone out there can if um states are other states are mandating the reporting of the SEL scores, but basically, like you have a math score and you have an SEL score. Um, and again, it's a social credit score. And then this is the part. I'm going to keep this as um uh, I'm going to try to keep this as PG as possible but I am going to be talking about um the downstream one of the downstream arms of SEL which is their sex education program um which is called CSE. Uh CSE is basically a program it's called comprehensive sexuality education. It's a part of the SEL. Um, It's a monstrosity that essentially stems from a partnership of SEL to UNESCO, which is United Nations, and Planned Parenthood. All of this is in schools. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it calls itself a rights-based approach to comprehensive sexuality education, and it seeks to equip young people with... The knowledge, skills, attitudes, and values they need to determine and enjoy their sexuality. I'm just gonna let just let's let that sit. So the CSE covers a broad range of issues. Um, they seek to provide all kinds of a, a they call it a youth-friendly approach which offers young people a wide range of sexual and reproductive health services, which includes abortion, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it is not unheard of for schools to be offering um, STD counseling, uh, HIV counseling, they call it, um, and helping uh, underage children get abortions after they teach them all about um masturbation and other things which is in
0: the handbook as well right and this is pushed by unesco which is the un
1: (laughs) right right yes which is the un The UN.
0: the un so and it's not a secret if you think um that any of this sounds just like too much of a conspiracy theory for you uh, just know that you can go, go to, to their the UN. You can go to the UNESCO website. You can go to the UN website to find what I'm about to talk to you about, um, which is really just the same thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not. It's not a conspiracy. It is a widely known, non-secretive plot to for globalism and global what uh, communism. And, um, there you go. Uh, what I was going to bring up was, I'm so glad you brought up UNESCO. (laughs) (laughs) Seems hard to bring up two UN organizations, but (laughs) I was just going to bring up the UN in and of itself and its social development goals. Um, so actually I think it was 2015 or 16. I need to look that up. Um, so it was either shortly before or around the time we started this podcast, um, the UN created what's called uh, the 2030 agenda. And that was their list of 17 goals by the time we hit 2030. Here we are. (gasps) Okay. So what I need to tell you guys is that
1: Zoom just put like a bubble over Joy's head with the thumbs down emoji. So Zoom isn't liking this episode Zoom's like, hey, um, we're a part of the UN. I'm reporting you.
0: Um was like, is listening to you. I was right like, now. we're totally. I was like, we're totally getting put on a list. And then I was like, wait, I'm already on the list. Um, <laughs> it's fine. If um, I'm not on the
1: list, I'm upset.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, so um, so 17 goals to hit by 2030. Here we are. Almost to 2024. So we've got six years left. We got to speed this up, right? That's why the UN, uh, and UNESCO was like, ooh, quick, pump in those SELs. We got to get this going because they need to reach goals. They have goals they need to reach. They tried DEI, which is, uh, a diversity, equity, and inclusion, of course. Uh, James Lindsay, who is a, uh, mathematics Doctorate has a whole like, I mean, he has endless content on this, um, but he would say that equity is the goal of DEI, and then diversity and inclusion are the t- like the supporting characters. But equity, of course, we can um, from the guy that created DEI. He, uh, I think, his direct definition of equity is like adjusting shares to make people equal. <laughs> So just blatantly Marxist. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I think DEI was the first attempt and then SEL came in and kind of uh, kicked kicked it uh, more recently. But... But DEI and SEL are basically both just tools um, that are recommended by UNESCO, which is the UN, which has a bunch of goals they're trying to reach by 2030 in six years. And those goals, you can go, you can look up the 2030 agenda um, and you can read through it. And like you said, if you don't know what you're reading and you don't, uh, you might look over it, but you will see things that will pique your curiosity like reproductive rights uh, and you will see things like ending world poverty mm. now that sounds like a good thing but how sh- however will we do that <laughs> however will we do it um, however has uh, communism ever done mm. it how many people have died oh mm. yeah lower populations are very profitable for communistic regimes because there's not as many people to take care of um, isn't that interesting? But yeah, so um, a part of the sustainable development goals are people feeling um safe socially. You will see all these bu- buzzwords in there. It's impossible to read um the mm-hmm. 2030 agenda without seeing what they're attempting to do. It is written with uh comments on reproductive rights, feeling socially safe, diversity. And all of this, by
1: the way, is the quote-unquote right perspective that must be taught in schools. You have to have a right perspective on reproduction, which means abortion on demand, you have to have the right perspective on gender and sexuality, which means you get to determine what it is. You have to have the right perspective on who to vote for and what policies actually what policies are right. That's all the stuff that they are. They're like, oh, well, we have to again, if you read the handbook, part of their transforming society is a bottom up and top down approach. So bottom up, Mm -hmm. meaning we teach the three and five year olds what the right perspective is to have on transgenderism and abortion and all these things. And also we make sure that the educators also have the quote unquote right perspective to give that to the children.
0: Yeah. Yes. Unfortunately. So SEL, the reason I say I think of SEL as a new wave because DEI was very much for corporations and higher education institutions. Um. And well, so first of all, if you can get the instructors of a culture, you can get everybody, right? So who did they harness the power of in, initially? The professor, mm-hmm. uh, that that beacon in the coming of age event in our culture. Who are you going? You're you're alone for the first time, figuring out who you are, and you have this person that knows everything. Um. So yeah, I do think so. Basically, um sel social emotional learning unfortunately is the post uh higher academic corporate iteration uh which is meant Mm -hmm. to go to younger children yeah um so what's particularly
1: like nefarious about it is that yeah some of it is like well we're just teaching kids how to like control their anger and if you listen to some of the sel lessons for younger kids like yeah sure oh they're just talking about like hey if you get mad don't punch people okay sure so some of that is part of it but this is all happening in lieu of what in lieu of parents teaching children Mm -hmm. to how to be a person they're like oh well The state needs to do that. The state needs to teach you how to be a person. So part of teaching you how to be a person is how not to punch somebody when you're mad. And part of teaching you how to be a person is what do you do with all of your sexual urges? And so Mm -hmm. that is why this is particularly nefarious. And again, if you read the documentation, so much of it is going to make you go like, oh, well, what's the big deal? Well, it is a big deal because it doesn't look like a big deal if you're not paying attention.
0: Yes. It's meant to look that way so that they don't have to be private about it so that they can put it on the UN website, which was one, I think there are so many people because the UN was, re, was created as a result of world wars. And so people think of the UN as this peace bringing organization. And it's not, it's a globalist Marxist organization. <laughs> and that's just what it is like. And they're coming for you. They, there's a so UNESCO, particularly, uh, they they promote SEL because they are the education portion of the UN. That means they the UN is setting this standard for what educators should teach. And DEI was the same thing. That like I said, that was more in higher education and in the corporate setting. Um, but they're telling you. This is the way. Oh, are you looking for what you need to teach the people uh, and what your instruction needs to look like? Here it is. This is what you need to teach them. Um, and so there, um, there's. You could say, I suppose, like, well, nobody has, nobody's being forced to until twenty thirty, and a lot of people are. They they have ways of forcing you. Yeah, it's um, part of the curriculum. Like, I mean, even like if you want to talk about a corporation, it's like, oh well, if you don't meet the DEI standards, then your company doesn't uh, receive some of the benefits and privileges that this other company does that does abide by the DEI standards. So Mm -hmm. you have fascism creeping in here. Can we get socialism, communism, and fascism all in one hat? Wow, look at it. It's the UN. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, SEL is just this like, it's not even, there's something about, there's something about um, all this nonsense being handed to a bunch of adults, which in our culture, 18 is when you become an adult, but we don't create 18 year old adults largely. Uh, In the past, there have been things like 14-year-old adults, and Mm -hmm. I believe that they were adults. (laughs) Um, But we don't create, generally, we don't create 14-year-old adults or 18-year-old adults, even though we call them that. Um, Right. But SEL is specifically meant to be for younger kids. It is communist brainwashing for kids. Yes, that's what it is. And it's all on the back, built on the back of the same things that feminism is, oh, which yeah. is uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, um, all of those things. It's all about um, adjusting the shares so that everyone is equal. Now, what does that look like practically? Usually famine. Yeah, um, <laughs> usually. <and> so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, you Usually, know, a lot of fourteen-year-olds
1: is... unsure of whether or not they're a boy or a girl.
0: Right. Yeah. And then um, nobody having children, nobody uh, uh, building anything for the future. Yes. Um. So, yeah, I don't know if you had any other any other things. I do. Things. I really quickly.
1: Okay. I really quickly want to. I have like one
0: last thing, but this is for you fun this is
1: this is just this, this i'm throwing this in for fun because i i heard about it today and here's why i want to make a case that feminism um i think feminism number one has actually been a tool of the of the evil patriarchy to yep. tear down yes. the world that's mm-hmm. a conversation for maybe another day but um today i found Are you out saying
0: women women were deceived by the enemy?
1: Crazy. It's wild. It's wild. <laughs> Today I found out about a movement called Sanism. Have you heard of Sanism? I don't know that I have. Okay. just going to tell you about it real quick. It's going to sound like I made it
0: up. I thought I had heard it all.
1: <laughs> this is going to sound like I made no. it up. Um, Sanism is um, becoming very popular in Canada. And obviously Canada has lost its ever loving mind and they are way crazier than we are. But. You know, what is mainstream in Canada 10 years ago will become Mm -hmm. what's mainstream here eventually. So I guess just keep that in mind. Sanism is the unjust preference for the sane over the insane. (sighs) And there is a movement in Canada. And this is a a peer-reviewed paper uh, that is pro-cultivating space for madness and mad educators in early childhood education and care. This is a peer-reviewed paper that argues it argues that insane people, people who I either identify as insane or have been diagnosed as insane, um should be involved in the education of young children. And this was published in 2022 by the Association of Early Childhood Educators in Ontario. Now, I bring this up, you know. I think it could be easy to accuse us of using the worst of the worst to describe feminism. And that's fine. Here's why I bring something so insane up. When you have. Absolutely unchecked feminine sensibilities, which includes things like empathy and mindfulness, right? These sensibilities of feelings and leading with feelings and social emotional learning and wanting everyone to feel included and wanting everyone to feel a certain way when you lead with with a feelings based approach the decay really does get to a place where there are peer-reviewed papers on why we should have mentally ill people intentionally involved in the early education of young children. And and like I said, this is peer-reviewed. So this isn't like some some fringe weird arm of of these educators in this first world country are just like blathering on about i mean they're making a serious intentional path to intentionally put insane people people who are insane in charge of young children um and this is where i think the unchecked uh unguarded unguided sensibilities lead to and it's utter foolishness and so i think that this is this would be an example of weaponized empathy which is a real thing and it's a real it's a real thing that women do they weaponize empathy to make you sound like you are the bad guy if you don't want someone who's mentally ill In charge of children. And so I think my, this is, this is why all this, this is my last thought too. Like I talked about earlier, when the family has broken down, the state has to step in. And, and that is something that, that massively was the, the original platform of feminism, A massive, massive platform of feminism was like, hey, the men are doing us dirty. We need someone to come rescue us. And if it's not going to be the men, then we want the government to come do it. And what have you seen happen to our nation and to nations like Canada, since the government has stepped into a role that God did not give them essentially being the head of the family in many ways. And especially in education, the government absolutely believes it is the head of the family in terms of education. And a lot of these left-leaning people, they openly say things like children don't belong to their parents. They belong to all of us. Um, And, uh, I don't know that many of us know how bad it is in the government schools. I was actually talking to someone who is a teacher in a government school and she loves her students dearly. And the way that she described her classroom to me was it's child abuse. She, she called it that, I mean, straight up said it is child abuse. Um, and so it is bad, Uh, feminism is largely to blame uh, and I would say feminism is really just an arm of Marxism and um, it hasn't gone away and I think my encouragement to Christians would be to actively look for ways that you can be reclaiming your family and education is one of them so question All the time, what what am I responsible for? What is the government actually responsible for? I think it's just been a given in our like historical memory that government education is a part of life and that it's actually their job, Um, but it's not. And the reason that you've seen it break down to the point that it's broken down to is that um, an improper authority taking authority over an area that's not theirs to take is always going to fail it's always going to fail. It is our job as parents, primarily, to be the educators of our children. And I know there's probably someone out there that wants to make the case that once upon a time, the government did a good job back when the parents were the parents. And I'm not really interested in getting into that. It's your job to educate your children. It is not the government's job. And you need to know that the children that are being educated by the government are being actively and intentionally brainwashed, and it might sound and look really good. Um, the packaging might, but that's just because you haven't seen the red flags yet.
0: If you think that, <laughs> and you mean, of course, literal red flags, literally, <laughs> like, co- like communist flags, very red, <laughs> hammer and sickle, red flags, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah i was uh i was listening to in preparation for this episode i was listening to um someone that was basically people like people who wield dei or sel um we should start calling them like commissars <laughs> legit which legit. yeah Oh one hundred um, I'm on board, but <laughs> yeah, so the last well, okay, so first of all, if you think we just like nitpick feminism, okay, wake up, wake <laughs> yeah, up. yeah, wake up, um, I'm gonna remind you, like this episode's all about wisdom and instruction, education, the education of our culture, um and I'm just gonna remind you of a little story. Uh, where someone was told, you won't die, you'll actually know what God knows. He said, I know he said you would, but you'll actually know everything. Like, here's the real key to wisdom and instruction, um, disobey God. Mm -hmm. So that's the level of seriousness we're looking at here. Mm -hmm. Um, and, yeah, you want to call it feminism, you want to call it Marxism, um, the enemy. How about that? hmm Wicked, evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's not accidental. It is highly strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Communist Party is highly strategic. The enemy, I mean, they're not going to win. The enemy doesn't win this story. but. Right. He's highly strategic and deceptive, um, and so if you like, just wake up, undeceive yourself is what I'm trying to say. But yeah. my final, my final, um, my final thought was this: communist. So communism as it relates to feminism. So communism is the opposite of femininity. Mm. Okay. So communism leads to famine, uh, destruction. Um, Now here's the thing. Here's where it's so insidious is it has this um, emotional component, right? Which is that we want to end poverty, we want people who can't eat food to eat food. And we want people who don't have money. That That is pulling on this highly emotional, highly maternal caregiving string that exists in women. But here's the trick. Women are not equalizers. I don't know how to put it in any other. Maybe as I develop this thought, it'll get better. But we're not equalizers. Mm -hmm. We calibrate, we deal with, we pay attention, we're thoughtful. um, We create life and nurture life and produce life. We do, communism is the opposite of femininity and it has tricked you. It has tricked feminists into thinking that it is an expression, all of its ideologies and everything that comes from it is an expression of femininity. And that just shows that we have fully warped our role. So you want to go back to the garden, even like I just did, we were made in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And right now it is, we are being tricked into thinking that Mm -hmm. this is how you care for the world. Mm -hmm. When we so, you know, all that, the thing that the things you all listed when you listed off creativity, thinking, all those things, you listed off a long list of things that are just us imaging God, Mm -hmm. humans, point blank, I'm not saying all of us are as smart, or all of us are as beautiful. I'm not saying that. But humans do what they do naturally, there is nothing to find, there is nothing to find. God made you human. (laughs) He made you male. He made you female. These are important distinctions that we make because you weren't just a human. You were born a human male or a human female. Yes. He already gave you your identity. He already gave you your purpose from the first moment (laughs) that it happened. He gave it to you. There is no search. Stop searching communists want you to search they're tricking you stop (laughs) that's it it's a trick (laughs) it's a trap
1: okay um i don't even remember where we're taking this next week but maybe we'll just let it be a surprise it's gonna be a surprise to me because i have to look at my list
0: right yeah we're so we had to we you know we always have to explain the timeline to y'all we recorded this before our holiday break, but the rest of these. will be after. Po- yeah. Yes. So we'll have to see, <laughs> which means too, it's going to be like a weird lull. So, and I don't know what it is. I always psych myself up for these episodes. And then I get, I mean, like right now I feel like I could go run like five miles. Yeah. It's so fun. I
1: feel i it's the, it's the funnest. It's so, I don't know what it is. I just think that um, it's, we've all we always been strangely interested in this topic and part of it for me is i think i already said at the beginning just like the the enjoyment of reassessing why do i believe this where did i get this belief from and can i can i submit it to scripture like does this belief check out and so much of what we're taught is so inherently anti Christian thought, we really do live in a post christian world, and there's so yeah. many lies that are just a a given It's just granted that I feel like if we are not constantly checking and assessing and going is this is this what is this Christian is this thought is this thing that I've never given a second glance to actually Christian is such a um, right. Is such a life, a valuable thing to be doing. And uh, as far as education goes, I think I I don't know how you could possibly make the case that anything that a a fake neutral government education that itself states that it is not neutral. I don't know how a a Christian should not be subject to it. And uh, I don't think you can make the case anymore. I think maybe there, I, I, I'll i grant, maybe there was a time. Maybe there was a time in our nation's history. That's the
0: plot. That's the plot. There is a time, look, like for anyone that's getting their feelings hurt, there is a time when you're falling for the lie that it's like, oh, I, under- I understand why you fell for the lie because it was so believable at that point. That doesn't ever mean it was true. <laughs> we need to like move beyond that, that like, oh, well, you know, I really, that goes back to that episode we did on sin plus my best intentions equals not, not sin. sin. Like, like just cause you were falling for a convincing lie doesn't mean it was ever true. And that means you have to say, I confess of believing that lie, like right. get, move on. Like let's, right. let's get past. And that's ultimately, that's ultimately the point where we are at at some point in this story. I mean, what we know because of all the feminist thought and because of communism and Marxist thought, we know that deconstruction is the end game of all this. But before deconstruction at some point comes activism. And that is, that is what you're seeing in higher education right now is activating students who know nothing. You're telling them exactly what to believe. And the then you are pushing their, yep, you're, you're pushing their start button and sending them out into the world. It's not an education anymore. It is an activism. But here's the thing is that activism is important by definition. I'm not talking about communist activism. <laughs> I'm saying... That living, so first of all, we can get one step ahead by knowing what we believe and why we believe it, right? Because we're not just going to a re-education brainwashing camp and paying $80,000 and coming out with our button pushed. Um, So we can know what we believe and why we believe it. But here's the thing about activism. Activism is actively living out your life, according to your principles. And this is the spot in Christendom that we, that we must, what did I just make up a word? I did. Anyway.
1: We're going to call it Christian. This is
0: Christendom. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so embarrassing. Um, anyway, it's our, it's our new word. (laughs) You know what I meant? You'll know what I meant. That's not, that's not a word, but um, (laughs) it is now, um, It um, that's a that's a that's the um Christian nationalist code word for this episode just kidding um um anyway <laughs> Perfect. Um, the point is is that you you need to to make a difference to fight this big bad in case you think we're just black pilled over here to fight the big bad boogeyman is not a big deal you're on the winning side the bad guy loses that's how this story goes yeah. but What we need to do is be also actively living out our principles and beliefs. And that's how you combat it. I mean, that's, and you know what? I don't know exactly what that looks like. Right. There might, there could be a time where like things get too far gone and there's periods where you got to tighten it up and bring it back. But, um, but the only option is for us to also be activated in a different way to live principled lives uh yeah to the glory of god yeah for all of christendom all
1: of christendom (laughs) Christendom. all of christendom for all of life (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah you guys you can leave us a voicemail at 470-4650-475 we are excited we're going to spend the next three weeks um talking feminism and um i'm excited to see what it's gonna be next week because i don't remember so that's it, it, you're, you'll find out i'll find out it's all very exciting <laughs> okay that's it we'll see you next week see ya
0: I don't want this responsibility don't use me because i don't agree